Last week we began a three-week series of, of uh, messages on three very important words. Small words, but powerful and important words for our Christian faith. Uh, and that is faithful and love. And then we looked at the scriptures and we saw several places, three at least, that we shared where we find those three words together. Faith, hope, and love. In Colossians 1, 4 through 5, we find these words. We got the scripture up there? Yeah. We have heard of your faith, that's the first word, faith, in Christ Jesus, and of the love you have for all the saints, uh, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. There are those three words linked together. Then our first Thessalonians 3, we continue to remember before God and, and our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. In the Lord Jesus Christ. And beginning to get a hint of what these things do in our life. How powerful they are. And then out of 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And that, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. As we looked last week at faith. Then we came to understand a biblical definition about true faith. A fantastic faith. or mountain moving faith. Is that mountain moving faith happens. When your thoughts your words and your actions are reflected in what you say you believe. That's when faith comes to life in our own lives. It's when our thoughts, our words, and our actions are reflected in what you say you believe. So that was faith we looked at last week. Today we're going to look at hope. Faith, hope, and love. Today we're looking at hope. And I've called it helpful hope because this is true biblical hope that we're going to be talking about. We use that word hope a lot. We, we think we use it in a positive way, but more times than not, it's just nothing but wishful thinking because we're using that word hope in what we might call even hopeless situations. We hope against hope that somebody's going to get well. We hope against hope that we passed the exam that we didn't study for. We hope against hope that we got the job even though we blew the interview. You see, that's hope that's kind of wishful thinking and it's not the biblical hope, hope that we're going to focus upon today. It's not the hope that the Bible gives to us. It's not the hope that the Apostle Paul writes about in Romans 5 that we'll look at in a few moments. But today we're going to talk about real biblical hope, not wishful thinking. And here's the focus. Biblical hope is a confident expectation based on the nature and character of God. See, that's what real hope is. Biblical hope is a confident expectation based on the nature and character of God. When we hope based upon God's nature and character and claim that, then it's not just wishful thinking, but it is an expectation that God is going to respond and do something favorably. Now, the passage of Scripture that we focus on today is out of Romans 5, 1 through 5. The Apostle Paul writes and says... Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that's what faith does for us. When we have faith, we're justified before God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope, as the word hope for today, of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. 
And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Now, those are powerful words that talk to us. They tell us how important faith is because that's what gets us justified before God. Then tells us then that we have grace in which we live. We live and now stand day by day. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That is God at work in our life in a very positive way. So that we have hope that is a confident expectation based on the nature and character of God. Now let's break down this passage of scripture and see some things about uh, a description of this hope that we're focused upon today. This helpful hope. First of all, the foundation of helpful hope. Well, what is the founding principle of, of this hope that we have? Well, it's faith. It's faith in God through Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says in verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The foundation of a true biblical hope in your life and a confident expectation is a faith relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That foundation of hope is nothing more than our faith, but that all-encompassing of our faith in Jesus Christ. And our faith in God works within us to bring the benefits about that faith relationship brings. Paul says that we are justified before God by faith. That meant that all of our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ and we are, we are clean just as if I had never sinned. That's the way you can think about justification. Just as if I'd never sinned. Then Paul goes on to say not only does it bring justification, but it brings peace with God. Uh, you know, before we came to him in faith through Jesus Christ, we were enemies of God. And the Bible tells us that there is no neutral ground in this cosmic war between God and Satan. Jesus made it clear when he walked and taught his gospel that, that we're either for him or we're against him. There's no neutral ground. And so we are not only justified, but we also have peace with God. We're no longer at war with him. We're no longer in opposition to God when we have that faith in our life. And then... God goes further on our behalf. Not only are we justified with him and at peace with him, we are saved by grace, but we also live by grace. Through Jesus Christ, we have God's grace available to help us stand every day of our lives. His grace is sufficient to help us through life. That's sustaining grace. We have that amazing grace that saves us. You know, by grace through faith we are saved as we believe. But then there's that sustaining grace of God that, that sustains us day by day. And then Paul says that leads us then to rejoice in hope. Hope springs from the foundation of faith, which is trusting in Jesus Christ. We have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope of his presence and protection in this life. And we don't just face life alone, but we have hope in his promise to sustain us. I like the way Peter writes about this hope that's ours. But in First Peter 1, 3 through 5, Peter writes and says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. See, he looked down upon us in our sin. He had mercy upon us. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. What is that hope that we have because of the life of Jesus Christ and our relationship with him? It's a living hope. It's a living hope. Our hope is alive. It's a living hope. It's not just wishful thinking. It's biblical hope based upon the nature and character of God. And we see how that foundation is revealed to us. We come to him in faith. We're justified. We have grace. We, we're not, we have peace with God. We're no more enemies with God. And we have that sustaining grace day by day because we have a living hope. That's the foundation of this hope. All wrapped up in our faith relationship with God. Now the second thing to notice is the formation of helpful hope. When we talk about the formation of this helpful hope, that's talking about how this hope is developed in our walk with God. And so we, we break down this section of scripture, and look how God reveals and develops this hope in our life. It's, it's, a, it's a process that we would probably not choose but it's the way that God chooses to work in our life to develop this biblical hope in our life. We look at verses 3 through 5. And he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. We don't normally do that. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance character. And character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, when we have real biblical hope, Paul says we are not disappointed. The hope that so many times we used, that wishful thinking and hoping against hope in hopeless situations, disappoints us more than it uh, surprises us with good things. But Paul says to us that when we have this genuine hope, it does not disappoint us. Uh, we look at the process, and he talks about the fact that we start out by rejoicing in our suffering, and we don't normally do that. Uh, and he's not talking about that we jump and scream and yell and are excited like it's a birthday party when we have some kind of suffering or persecution or conflict that comes into our life. None of us really want to suffer. But what Paul is saying is that because we have Christ, who has given us the Holy Spirit, we have joy in our life. And joy allows us then to understand the situation that we're in and hold on to our hope. Now notice how he breaks that down following that. He says our suffering will produce endurance. Endurance is holding on. A strong faith that keeps us able to hold on and persevere in spite of whatever we experience in life. Then he says, when we move through the process then, endurance produces character. Endurance produces character. Literally, character means proof of genuineness. When we endure in our faith, holding on to that faith, practicing our faith without wavering when we go through times of trials and conflicts and difficulties, then he says, we, we, we prove our character, the genuineness of our character. And then he says, because we have endured, we are changed in our character. We're strengthened. We're more genuine. And Paul says, that character produces hope. And that hope is a confident, joyful expectation that God is going to do something positive in our life based upon the nature and character of God. 
And Paul concludes by telling us that we will not be disappointed because God has poured the Holy Spirit into our life. You see, because of our certainty of the resurrection in Jesus Christ, because of our confident faith in Jesus, because we believe we're a child of God, because we trust in the goodness of God, because we have faith in God's plan for us, even in the storms of life, Paul tells us we will not be disappointed because God's love has been poured into our heart. His fellowship with us will be poured into our heart. And that's not talking about the image here of a cup maybe pouring something, but it means a gushing type of pouring. It's turning the pitcher over and dumping it all on us. And that's a part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not wishful thinking. It's something which is to be expected. It's not hope against hope. But it's a real promise from God to both you and to me. When we look over in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, we find that there's perhaps maybe a concept of our hope and our faith that we've never really put together before. But the writer of Hebrews in chapter 6, and we've got, I think, verses 19 and 20 on the screen. I want us to go back to verse 18 before that. And this is what the writer of Hebrews said. He says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. And he's saying that if we come to God in true faith and the way that we should come, we will find the hope that will encourage us. We will be greatly encouraged. And then he goes on to say, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. An anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf and he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now that's one of the themes of the writing of Hebrews plays off of, that Jesus is the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And what he's saying here is that we find this hope, this, this strong encouragement of hope, that is an anchor of our soul in Jesus Christ. And he says that God has made that possible for us because his word is true. He does not lie. And, and we who have fled to him take hold of the hope offered to us and we will be greatly encouraged. And we have this anchor of our soul. It's interesting when you do research about finding the word here, anchor, and finding it used here, that the, some of the early Christians would use an anchor as a symbol of their faith. We've got a picture on the screen of one of them, an anchor that might have been used back in that day. Why was an anchor used? Well, there are two reasons for that. One is that, that if fellow Christians saw their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ enduring persecution, ridicule, conflict, criticism, maybe even death, because they bore the cross, then they would think that, they would think, I, I, somehow I wanted to, to be bold in my faith, display my faith, but not yet, I'm not yet ready to be a martyr. And so they would come with the design of an anchor, and the basic design of the anchor would give them options to where within the design of the anchor, the cross could be seen. Amazing archaeological discoveries have been made in cemeteries where there's anchor after anchor after anchor pictured on the tombstone. And, and that's the biblical concept here, not only because of that a fear of, 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 of persecution and ridicule for the use of the anchor, but it also brings us hope and stability. What does an anchor do? When used correctly, an anchor is thrown overboard and it holds 
a ship or your boat in place where you want to stay. And so that anchor is a, a symbol of hope and stability. And it all comes to us through God. Because biblical hope is anchored in a person knowing the promises and the future and believing in the God of the future. So when we have hope, we know we have a future, whatever that might be. When we have hope, we believe differently. It's not a wishful thinking. It's a confident expectation. When we have hope, we think differently. We think in the mindset of God that we're not going to be disappointed. And when we have hope, we act differently. And so all of that then leads to the third observation about this hope that Paul describes, and that is the function of helpful hope. Why do we need hope in our life? What value does this helpful hope, this biblical hope based upon the nature and character of God, what value does that helpful hope bring into our life? Well, three things that we find in the scripture that's, that's so powerfully important for us that we need. Number one, hope allows us to rejoice. Verse 2, Paul says, And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That means that we choose to take joy now because we know ultimately that God has work in our life to turn whatever's going on in our life into something good and positive. He goes on to say, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character hope and hope does not disappoint us. You see, when hope is at work in our life and it allows us to rejoice, this is the thought that we develop. It says, I know these things aren't happening to me, but they're happening for me. You understand that? They're not happening to me, but they're happening for me. And they're happening for me so that God can shape my life into the image that he wants me to be. See, God is not concerned about our comfort as he is concerned about our condition of discipleship and our commitment and faith to him. He's concerned about the end product in our life, that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. He's not concerned about our comfort now, but he's concerned about our character that would be developed through the storms of life. So when we have this biblical hope in our life, it is that hope that allows us to rejoice no matter what the circumstances because we're trusting in the God of hope. And we hope because we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The glory of God is Jesus Christ being revealed in our life, and sometimes we have to go through the storms and difficulties of life, the circumstances of life that we would choose not to have, but God brings into our life, but he gives us that anchor of hope in Jesus Christ, stability and hope and confidence for the future so we can rejoice. The second thing that hope does in our life is it enables us to endure. It enables us to endure. There are things in life that we simply have to endure. Paul writes about that. Even here in Romans 5, but in 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, he commended the Thessalonians for their endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it that gets us through and enables us to endure the hardships of life? 
It is our hope based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we base our hope upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then we trust in God's perfect will. And we're able to hold on. We're able to withstand. We're able to endure whatever's been brought into our life. Remember this. Nothing ever comes into your life that hasn't already come through the hand of God. He knows what you're experiencing. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you need to see you through. And so for that reason, Paul says, we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And so told the Thessalonians, we find our endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the third thing that hope brings into our life is that hope fills us with optimism. As believers in Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, as children of God, we ought to be the most optimistic people of all. And I found that sometimes we're the most pessimistic of all people. We're not exercising a biblical hope that's based on the, on the nature and character of God that gives us confidence, but we're working out of that thought process of wishful thinking. Well, I doubt if it can happen, but I'm just hoping for the best, you know? Those, that's that kind of hope. That's that kind of hope that most of us use in our life. I like this story I read this week. It comes from an ancient time about a king in an ancient kingdom who brought a certain man was brought before him to be punished for his crime. And he was brought before the king, the king sentenced him to death. And the condemned man said to the king, you know, that's a that's a, like a hopeless situation when you're sentenced to death. He said, King, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make make you a deal. Now, he, he's kind of a brazen fellow, he's optimistic. He stands before the king. The king has sentenced him to death. He said, King, I want to make a deal with you. He said, If you will grant me one year's time, I will teach you a horse how to fly. He said, I'll teach you a horse how to fly. And then after that one year's time, if your horse has learned to fly, you will set me free. The king started thinking about that. And the guy sees he's got the king's interest. So he says, you think about that, king. You will be the only king on the face of the earth that has a horse that can fly. Every other king will be jealous of you because you have a horse that can fly. So the king agreed. He gave the man a year reprieve and with the condition that he would make his horse fly. Well, when his friend found out about it, they said, are you crazy? What are you thinking? So you can't make that horse fly any more than you can make yourself fly. But with optimism, the man said, who knows? A year is a long time. He said, in that year, the king could die. In that year's time, I might die a natural death. Who knows? But in a year's time, the king's horse might die. He said, and who knows? But in a year's time, maybe that horse can even learn to fly. He's optimistic, isn't he? Well, we know we can't make a horse fly. But our hope is not in our possibilities isn't. Our hope is in God. Our optimism is in God because God has done far more amazing things than make a horse fly, right? He parted the Red Sea for the children of Israel to walk through. He shut the mouths of lions in the den so Daniel was spared. He made the sun stand still. He raised the dead. Even his son Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, we are filled with the hope of optimism 
once again based upon the glory of God. God can do anything. And he can do far more than we can ever ask or imagine. God is our hope for enduring. And God is our hope for an optimistic attitude in life. You see, life without Jesus is hopeless. But life with Jesus is filled with hope. I pray today that you experience the biblical hope. Because biblical hope is a confident expectation based on the nature and character of God. And I hope that you are in that relationship with God where you have that biblical hope. And you are trusting in the nature and character of God. Pray with me. Father, you're such a good God. You're such a loving God. You're such a a wonderful Father to us. Thank you that you have provided for us everything we need in life. Thank you that you have provided the Lord Jesus Christ for us so that our sins can be forgiven as we trust him and commit our life to him. Thank you, Father, that we can find a helpful hope that is more than, than wishful thinking, but there's a confident expectation based on your nature and your character of love, grace, mercy, power, and hope. Father, we come today to find that hope for our life, for every situation in our life, so that we can rejoice no matter what's going on in our life, so that we can be confident no matter what's going on in our life, so that we can expect good things in the future, that we can even be confident of that because we know you, because we're in a relationship with you, and because we trust you. Father, may we find that hope today through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.